0: Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm so honored to have Dr. Rosita Arvigo with me. Uh, Dr. Arvigo is a doctor of nepropathy and the founder of the Arvigo Techniques of Mayan Abdominal Massage. She's an international lecturer and the author of 11 books. And really quick before I continue, what's the difference between nepropathy and neuro- neuropathy? Er, sorry, neuro- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all of the pathies, uh, all of the different types of doctors.
1: There's naturopaths. Yeah. Naturopath. And there is nepropathy or napropath. So a doctor of nepropathy like myself has a very specific focus on uh, muscles, ligaments, tendons, and tissues. So it's a, a offshoot of chiropractic medicine from 1907. It was started by a chiropractor who thought that chiropractic at the turn of the century was too violent.
0: Yeah,
1: it still kind of is sometimes. Sometimes it is. Dr. Oakley-Smith created a whole new profession based on a more gentle approach to achieve the same good results as chiropractic does. And of course, a naturopath has a much broader Range within the natural healing professions. They can be midwives, they can be herbalists, they can be soft tissue specialists. So their, their range is broader. Ours is more specific to body work.
0: Oh, perfect. Awesome. Which makes sense. that the Arvigo technique is uh, a collection of body work, traditional remedies, herbal, knowledges, herbal knowledge, spiritual healing, and it resp- supports the restoration of the body to bring it to a state of wholeness. Correct. Cool. Okay, so th- with this method, um, there are hundreds of um, therapists around the world and I happen to know one and she, she does amazing work here in this area, but they're not, it's not something that you hear of all the time. So tell us a little bit more about the Arvigo technique itself.
1: Okay, well, uh, it all began in the 1980s in Belize, in Central America when I became apprentice to a Maya traditional healer, Don Eligio Panti. By then I had already had my degree in the prophecy, which means basically I'm a specialist in ligamentous connective tissue damage. Uh, Don Eligio was a uh, Hemen, meaning doctor priest. He uh, could treat the physical and the spiritual. So most of his clients were women. And those women came for uterine treatments. It's called la sobada in Spanish, which specifically indicates that someone is going to externally massage or manipulate the uterus. And so after 13 years as his apprentice, I had seen thousands of women come to his little clinic in San Antonio in Belize from all over Central America and the United States and Canada looking for this uh, fabulous uh, uterine pelvic floor massage, right? It's all external. And the results were incredibly uh, impressive to me. And I was already a doctor, already had a clinic. And I uh, had been a herbalist for most of my life. So I was accustomed to watching clients go from pathology to improving, to healing, to healed. And Don Eligio's uh, technique was uh, very uh, quick in the healing response. And I was really, really impressed. And I was also impressed with the spiritual healing aspect, which involves prayers, herbal bathing, copal, incense, and of course, faith. You couldn't do spiritual healing without faith. So between the uh, Maya abdominal massage and the spiritual healing, that is what I decided that I would um, add beneficially to my own practice. So I started doing the abdominal massages in the 1980s. And so now we're 40 years later, and the the profession now known as the Abdominal Therapy Collective, because we are a group of advanced teachers that have uh, taken it to a different improved level. So the Abdominal Therapy Collective specifically addresses through the body work, problems with digestion, reproduction. We also uh, treat women in pregnancy. Uh, preconception, during pregnancy, and postpartum. So that's the origins of the techniques from an old Maya doctor in Belize, Central America. And because I understand ligaments, I was able to research and find out that the uterus is suspended in the pelvis by 14 different ligaments. Oh, wow. Don Eligio was always telling me as his student that he found the uterus out of place, out of position, a um, m- little bit to the right or too much to the left or too low or too far back or too far mm-hmm. forward. And he was able to correct that with an external treatment, just like actually an external adjustment, never going internally. And because I understood about ligamentous damage, I was able to research for about 20 years. What is it that this brilliant old Maya shaman was doing? A man who never went to school, never learned to read or write, yet became the most famous healer in all of Central America. And I pretty much got it boiled down to how the uterine ligaments get overstretched or contracted due to daily activities, due to having um, babies too close together, especially if there was a prolonged labor and a difficult delivery, if there was excessive pushing during labor and 10 or 12 months later, the woman is expecting again. All of this is uh, very uh, tough on the uterine ligaments. They tend to overstretch because after pregnancy, let's say, for instance, the round ligament. Oh, I was going to ask you about that because I have round ligament stories. Yep. (laughs) Sure. Like the round ligament is probably the most common uh, complaint in pregnancy. It can be very frightening for women because sometimes it feels like cramping and Mm -hmm. there's an immediate thought that something really wrong is happening. So the the, uh, round ligament that attaches to the side of the, uterus just under the fallopian tube goes through the inguinal canal and ends up like 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 a fan like this right around the perineum well that ligament stretches from six inches to 18 inches in the final months the final weeks of pregnancy so that requires at least 30 30 to 36 months to repair to come back to the normal tensility, strength, and length of six inches. So if we're- And sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes it
0: doesn't, because I know my last baby was born 10 years ago, and I still have round ligament pain whenever I sneeze until I had a chiropractor do some sort of weird thing on it, and now it. It doesn't hurt as much, but it took years and years and years. It's hurt, but it doesn't have
1: to, it doesn't have to take years and years uh, because this external treatment on the uterus is able to lift the uterus, get it into maximum position. And then the ligaments are able to heal and adjust, correct themselves because as natural healers, we know and promote the concept that the body is self-healing self-regulating, self-adjusting, and that all of these issues can be healed by the body itself if homeostasis and hemodynamics are in place. Homeostasis, of course, is the balance within. So if the uterus is in the proper position above the bladder and in front of the bowel, the bowel would be here, the bladder here, then all of its arterial blood supply is normal. All of its venous drainage going away is normal. And then if the sacrum is in good condition and position, the nerve supply is normalized. And the lymph as well. It's a system that we call navel. We have to look at the nerve supply, the arterial, the venous drainage, the energy and then also the lymph. So with all of those five systems in maximum functioning order, the body returns to balance and normalcy again. So all of those uh, common complaints of the reproductive years are healed by nature itself. The treatment is of course healing but it is the body that is given the opportunity to do its own healing by getting all of those five systems flowing so properly.
0: Is it is it okay to then say, understand that no matter how long you've been out of alignment and things have been going haywire down there that with treatment, like if your body doesn't find that natural homeostasis, but on its own that you could... Heal so so when we have mamas and grandmothers and great grandmothers still not being able to be fully continent after having babies forty years ago, that could actually be fixed.
1: Yes, it can actually be fixed. Not in every case, it is is it one hundred percent healed, but there is always improvement that I can say without any reservation whatsoever. There is always improvement when we w- normalize hemodynamics meaning the free flow of blood and fluids in the body because in the blood and the fluids are all the healing factors that the body requires homeostasis relies on hemodynamics so yes for sure i've taken care of uh, many women who have become uh, incontinent or nearly incontinent in the later years and there usually is a history of some, some uh, pregnancy issue or a birth trauma or three or four babies in a row, like mm-hmm. ten twelve months apart. So there's mm-hmm. always some something that occurred to her reproductive organs in the earlier years, and uh, that uh, that's what we're specialists in is just normalization.
0: Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. restoring the body. I love, I yeah. love that you speak just, I mean, you haven't, sp- you haven't said it outright, but you talk about the wisdom of your body and being able to find its balance. And I, I love that. So we talk. you've, you've talked about the, the post postnatal period, but how does, uh, how does this affect the prenatal period? Like teenagers that are having major, major cramps during menstruation, is that, is that, could that be fixed by
1: this method too? Absolutely. I have treated so many teenagers. I've lost count. Yeah. And it's, it's always sad when, when a woman has to experience her menstrual cycle with pain, uh, dizziness or, or PMS symptoms yeah. that really, that really touches my heart very much because this is her experience as a woman. Mm-hmm. And we would like to see her feel happy and proud and willing to be a woman, willing to experience her reproductive years with joy, but when each month, every 28 or 30 Mm -hmm. days, it's devastating, and she has to go to bed, well, of course, she's not looking forward to it, and I've heard some young ladies say that I hate being a woman
0: because
1: of this debilitating menstrual pain.
0: And it's seen by the culture as a burden. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The number one um, good result that we are able to achieve is dysmenorrhea or painful menstrual cycles. Incontinence is number two. Most of the people who come to us, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but I can clearly confidently say most young girls who come for the treatments get 100% relief from their menstrual cramps and also from PMS. If, oh the gosh, uterus, so many questions. <laughs> if the uterus is not in proper position over the bladder, in front of the bowel, say it's laying backwards, that yeah. retroversion, that means that the uterus has to work really, really hard like this to get the blood to flow out. Oh. And sometimes it has to work so hard, the menstrual fluids actually sort of pump themselves out the fallopian tubes. And that's the cause of endometriosis. Oh, my. my blood way. ends up in the back of what is called Douglas's pouch between the back wall of the uterus and the front tissue of the colon. There's a little pouch. And the fallopian tubes are right here. So when the oh. menstruation is really cramping and... Squeezing the tissue like this, trying to clean itself out, that menstrual fluid will actually be flushed, pushed out the fallopian tube, and then end up in Douglas's pouch where it begins to grow every month and then creates endometriosis. And we are able also to get excellent results with that, especially with the pain of endometriosis.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: I mean, you say this
0: like, you know, like, no, no big deal, but like mind blown. And I was raised by a homeopath. And so I have lots of tools at my disposal. I had never heard that explanation, but it makes so much more sense. So then my next question is, um, many, many women find relief in their periods after they've had their first baby. So What I'm assuming then is that first baby has inadvertently corrected the position of the uterus and that once she gets pregnant, sometimes the endometriosis goes away. And you're saying again, it's because of the position of the uterus?
1: Partially. I think also that when a woman is creating life, homeostasis is really on high alert. Mm. So I believe to protect the woman who is the carrier of life then there is homeostasis in action, probably cleaning up that uterine tissue in order to to give her an opportunity to have a normal pregnancy uh, and then come out of it while she's nursing, taking care of children. I just think that's nature's wisdom at work. And again, yes, it's homeostasis and the brain is completely aware that there is this errant tissue in the pelvic floor that it would get to to break up and absorb back into the bloodstream if the blood supply could get in. But ah. if the uterus is laying on top of its own arterial
0: yep. or
1: even lymphatic drainage out, then it's like the, um, the 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 pipes are plugged up. That makes so
0: much sense. So then how do teenie- how do these little teenagers get so misaligned. I mean, is this from easy Uh, roller
1: skating, uh, horseback riding, gymnastics, um, tomboys, climbing trees, falling out of tree, (laughs) falling off. Okay. Basically
0: my, my entire childhood. All right. Got it.
1: (laughs) You got it right. Falls falls is one of the primary causes of uterine displacement. Yeah.
0: Okay. So they can be like fall down the stairs at age three or four or five and get their uterus kind of in a weird position. That's and right. when they start yeah. their period, then they they're right off the bat in pain.
1: Yeah. In Belize, mm. my practice was primarily almost exclusively women and children. I had a very large uh, Mennonite uh, Contingency in my practice, and I always told the mothers who I took from uh, in utero up to having their own ninth or 10th baby. Many of my Mennonite female clients had 18 children, and I was with them prenatally, during pregnancy, and then postpartum. And I always, always tell them, if your little girl at three, four, five, up to 16... If she has a fall, bring her in immediately. We can fix it in minutes and wow. can save her years of okay. discomfort okay. and, and um, like resentment towards the period because it's always such, such a traumatic experience yeah. for her. And I have three-year-old girl fell down the stairs. Another one fell off of a tractor because it's a farming community. Mm-hmm. And we can determine, our students are trained to palpate externally to find the position of the uterus. And on a four-year-old child, I could feel her uterus had dropped very low so that the cervix was actually in the vagina. Mm -hmm. And in, in less than 10 minutes, it was corrected. And that child would have gone through years of painful menstruation and probably PMS as well. I know because wow. I have them when they're 16 and they didn't yeah. get those treatments. <laughs> yeah. So I know that's the case.
0: Wow. Okay, so then does the position of your uterus affect how heavy your flow is? Or uh,
1: is that just a only know- in the sense, only in the sense that if the uterus is not in its proper place, it is not able to clean itself out completely. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of a little, it's sluggish. It's not getting a good nerve supply. It's not getting a good arterial, which is the life supply, the oxygen, nutrients, hormones. So if the uterus, because of that, is unable to get a good flush out every cycle from month to month, after years, there's a buildup. That's what we call enduration where the uterine, the lining of the uterus has what are called venous lakes. So that the venous goes like this. And where this This part here is like a lake. And so it's like a cup. Mm -hmm. And very often, incompletely flushed uterine fluids accumulate and harden. And that is one of the causes of dysmenorrhea or painful periods. So um, yes, to answer your question, okay.
0: All right. so it can, I- cause,
1: can cause heavier bleeding and that would also could be a, a hormonal issue yep. where the estrogen and progesterone balance is out of whack, but also that's in the blood supply also. Oh, okay. that, so that that's is- blood supply to the ovaries. Mm. So if we correct the blood supply to the ovary, the ovary will correct the hormonal imbalance. If we collect the blood supply to the ovary and the hormonal imbalance, that will correct the uterus.
0: That makes so much more sense. I know my grandma, who is the homeopath, she would say if your period starts with brown and ends with brown, things are off. And that's so that's correct. That's yep. exactly
1: what we say. If it begins with brown, ends with dark, that is a clear sign of uterine congestion. For that, we do the abdominal therapy, and then also the uh, yoni steams. Mm. They're very specific for that dark blood at the beginning, dark blood at the end, and painful periods, late periods, early periods, irregular periods. The vaginal steam is a wonderful way to introduce warmth steam with medicinal plants that are aromatic I,
0: i've heard of that but then i thought well your cervix isn't like an i mean your your vagina isn't like this open tube so how does the steam on the external help get up
1: into the uterus
0: <laughs> sorry that was that's
1: the my vagina question. is open the vagina right. is an open uh channel a tube at the top of which sits the cervix which right. has also has an opening kind of you know about like that about if I like could get my a finger in, like that, yeah. So the vagina is open, the cervix is open. So the steam goes in vaginally, goes into the cervix, into the uh, uterine body, where it goes to the venous lakes, where this accumulation of indurated, old, unflushed right. fluid is, and it loosens it up loosens it up it's kind of I always in class I always say it's like inside the uterus after or during the vaginal steams it looks like the oven when you put oven off oh great all that <laughs> thanks you for that
0: visualization yeah. I was already thinking periods
1: wow yeah. that makes yeah.
0: a lot of sense I know um I was I was sick in my I my grandma went or you know she did all her magic and not magic actual stuff and uh, I said grandma I had um, my period was red and she goes she almost cried and I was like why are you she's like I am so that's the best thing you could tell me that made my day and I was like yeah "Yeah, that's the best we look
1: for pink (laughs) pink to red that's really important and
0: start and stop I know I know later when I got healthy it would start and stop Red and I thought oh that's what my grandma's talking about that's uh, what your grandma meant
1: exactly right because
0: when I was a and kid it wouldn't it would have like three or four days of fun at the end it's not so fun
1: no so that, we would consider that not normal and that can be corrected
0: I think everybody thinks that's normal now so that's why my mind is blown
1: okay so people think menstrual pains are normal
0: I know and that's
1: what it means to be a woman no
0: no that is not
1: what it means to be a woman then uh, you know, uh, fertility issues are enormous right now. Yeah, I was going to ask you about
0: PCOS and how
1: Should polycystic I... ovarian mm-hmm. syndrome. Well, again, there are multiple reasons, multiple causations. But yes, we get excellent results with that because, again, the the um, polycystic ovary can be an insulin resistance problem so that the insulin, the sugar, uh, glucose is not getting into the cell. So the ovarian cell is not functioning the way it should. It could also be that there is an enzyme in the ovary that eats its own wall when the egg is mature so that the egg can pop out. Yep. Very often, that is the cause of the Many, many cysts forming, which are are unovulated eggs, basically. So, if that is the problem, it's um, easy for us to correct that because we improve the blood supply and the quality of the blood. Therefore, the enzyme that's there all the time naturally, we don't have to create the enzyme. Goddess has already done that. But can that enzyme be delivered? to the ovary, through the arterial system. If the uterus is pressing on the side wall, the blood supply to the uterus comes in, here's here's the uterus, the blood supply comes in like this. So if it's out of position, laying up against and even on top of those arteries, then the blood supply is compromised then the enzyme isn't arriving or the enzyme is an insufficient account numbers to be able to dissolve the wall of the ovary to let the egg out.
0: And that's why that's a fertility issue because you're ovulating, but not your, you're kind of not ovulating because your eggs get stuck and then they just get infected and...
1: Right. The other thing we find that we are always astounded at how sometimes, not always, but sometimes one treatment resolves a fertility challenge. We don't like to say infertility because it's right. as though, oh, as though it's a sentence for life, but it is a fertility challenge.
0: challenge.
1: yep. So we find that many times, this is my personal theory, that the women who get one treatment, and we'd like to ask them after your first treatment, try not to get pregnant for three months so that we can normalize the nerve supply, the arterial, the venous, the lymph, and the chi, the energy ch- channels. Sometimes they're pregnant with, with before the next cycle. Because they're not used to preventing. Right, exactly. They're not used to preventing. So, right, exactly. <laughs> to preventing. so what happened? My take, as I said, this is a personal theory, but after 40 years of uh, dealing with women and their fertility challenges, I believe that that channel that goes from the uterus through the fallopian tube and then out to the ovary, that channel is only the width of the needle and the egg has to travel up the uterus through the fallopian tube and then stay there waiting for, waiting for the, the, um, the, the sperm has to travel up, go through that fallopian tube and that width of a needle channel. Mm-hmm. There it sits and waits for an egg to come for, for the meeting of the two, fertilization. My take is that that channel being so incredibly small and thin the size of a needle very easy to close completely because of lymphatic congestion, Mm. lymphatic swelling, venous swelling, because the uterus is not letting out its fluids properly because it's congested. So the uterine congestion, I feel, is one of the causes of the fertility challenge and why about 30% of the time, which is pretty high, we are able to resolve the fertility challenge after one, two, or three treatments. It's not at all unusual. Wow. Okay.
0: So the damage that's done by a malpositioned system down there, it's mm-hmm. not like saying I've got a broken back or my bone set incorrectly. It's actually really fluid. Like you can, you can fix it much easier than you can fix, say it just a messed up Knee or head, it's correctable,
1: and because this is
0: corrected because you fixed the
1: core problem of blood flow that's right, blood flow, homeostasis, hemodynamics. We fix the hemodynamics, which then fixes homeostasis, and things are back in balance. Nature needs to reproduce, nature is on our side as far as reproduction goes. Nature wants people to be born on this planet so it wants to help us if it can just get through the door yeah wow (laughs) so basically you're just opening the doors and windows to uh nature's good work and let it happen the way the god has planned it
0: yeah get out of the way okay i want to i don't want to dwell too much but i kind of have another question about the premenstrual and just the hormonal because i love what you say this isn't you don't have to be in pain to be a woman, and you don't have to. This doesn't have to be a torturous experience. Being a woman should be an honor and a lovely experience, and not right. to, should so, be
1: uplifting and uh, elevating, not bring you down.
0: Yeah. So this premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is it's it's basically like modern day hysteria, right? What what causes it's the actual real thing that um, women experience before their period, not just during their period, having pain and all this stuff. But it's like worse than. PMS, what you're saying that the, the, the positioning that affects the hormones or what's the play, what is making, what is making us feel crazy before. periods?
1: First of all, my teacher, Don Eligio always said that probably what we consider as the pre-menstrual syndrome, the nervousness, the anxiety, when you feel like your temper is on like an arrow, And it's gone, and you wish you could bring it back. You say things you didn't want to say, (laughs) do things you didn't mean to do. Eat Um, too much ice cream. Basically, (laughs) he said that in earlier days, when life was more in balance, women during their menstrual cycle were isolated, given an opportunity to rest, to relax, and to be with other women, kind of like the red tent, right? Right. But nowadays, we have some women who live only with men. Women have three sons, a husband, maybe a brother, and a father who all live with them, and she's the only female in the household. She has a great deal of responsibility on her shoulders, and it, we are not being honored and treasured as women. Having said that, that's a piece of the puzzle, that menstruation and woman, womanhood, motherhood, pregnancy, childbearing deserves a lot more uplifting, a lot more respect, admiration, and support than it is getting now. And then on the other hand, yes, it could be that the the venous uh, blood supply is becoming um, stagnant, uh, not moving properly, and that could definitely prevent more of the proper level of hormones to flow through. So it's back to homeostasis. And a little bit of PMS is normal for us, not to say that anybody has to suffer at any time, but as your period begins, you're going through a tremendous hormonal shift from estrogen to progesterone, progesterone, to estrogen. And so internally and in your mind, you're doing this. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there are going to be some emotional shifts, but my teacher said that that was the time when women would receive dream visions from mm-hmm. the, in this case, from the Maya spirits, because they would have had an opportunity to be isolated with other women, and maybe children. During that time, the uh, early Maya relied on on premenstrual women to bring the dream visions to the community or to the tribe. Mm-hmm. And in order to achieve that level of consciousness, there has to be a bit of an unsettling yeah. with, to take us from domestic day to day to a different spiritual level. I think it's like an energy vibration that require that is required to have the uh, the spirit guides contact you I love during that. the dream cool. dreamscape but if you never get an opportunity to realize that that is even a possibility if you're overworked if you're underappreciated if you have uh, dysmenorrhea and you're not going to have the opportunity and to spiritual achieve. constipation <laughs> Yes, and all of that. And to achieve a a state of higher vibration, that is a little unsettling, yet comfortable, knowing that you may be the bearer of tidings, you may be the the bearer of the future to your people. And I have seen that happen with women. It's happened to me as well.
0: Well, not right. just for your people, but for your family. If you, awesome. if you have little children, if you,
1: exactly. you be basically
0: exactly. the, 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 what's the word? The leader, the goddess, the the prophet for what your family should be doing. I mean, it, right. that's what you're saying. Okay, so now we've just gone full, full-headed. full I love the physical conversation, but I noticed you, you talk about goddesses' purposes and how nature wants to support us. So let's talk a little bit about the flow through the, the whole menstrual. I guess the whole mental experience and, and what that means. I've heard that people, there's a, a a part of your period that you're part of your cycle where you're supposed to be super creative. And then there's a part where you're supposed to be restful and a part that you're supposed to be, I mean, we hear these kind of on the fringe, but you're saying they're actually scientifically, they're, they're based on physiology, your hormones going up and down. And instead of being seen as a burden and an irritation, it can be seen as a strength. Like, what could I tap into my body's my body's potential right now. And depending on where I am in the cycle, right? Sure.
1: Ideally that would be the case, but nowadays, uh, women are under just, uh, too much, uh, financial domestic professional stress. Yeah. And instead of experiencing elevation and euphoria, we're experiencing nervous anxiety Mm. At the premenstrual time. And, and then if you ask me what phase, well, I would think that during the estrogen phase, when your uterine lining is building up, that's the time you should be building up, where creative ideas come into play. And then menstruation occurs, and that's the time to be more quiescent. Give your body an opportunity to do what it has to do without any added um, physical or uh, psychological strain, if possible. During the latter phase, after ovulation, when you are in the progesterone phase, that's the phase where your uterine lining is holding, staying still, in case there was a conception and a pregnancy occurred that month. So I would say in the latter half of the cycle, we should be more quiescent. In the first half, we should be more active. And mm-hmm. during menstruation, we should be restful. And then in the third part or the second half, which is the uh, progesterone phase, I believe we should be more quiescent if possible. And probably we live that and don't are not really aware of it. I've noticed in uh, so many uh, young girls that I have taken care of because of my Mennonite practice. I mean, as I said, my clients have 18. I have one client who had 22 children. Mm. So she had like seven or eight teenagers all at the same time. (laughs) And (laughs) there's there's no way that you can't notice that when there's eight (laughs) teenage girls in the household, that there is a certain uh, energy. That is present. Oh my goodness. Pre menstrual, during menses, and then at the progesterone or the latter phase. There's definitely a shift in consciousness for women. Yep. More so if we know of it. I know of and it. you can take
0: advantage. I know that in my college dorms, where there were six of us, uh, we would all eventually get on the same cycle. Everybody was having their period at once.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: that's. It's we used to laugh about it, but
1: that's very interesting. Yeah, it's
0: really cool, though, because then if you're saying if we notice it and we take it to take it to our advantage, meaning like we we hone in on it, it means that the collectively us six roommates could have been we could have moved
1: mountains those first couple. You could. Absolutely. And then we could have had collective dream visions. Yeah, And if you just take that one step further. That's also nature's way of providing that three or four women would get pregnant at the same time because their cycles were in sync, which is very, when it comes time <laughs> to give birth, you are there supporting each other, helping each I other. I always
0: thought other. that aunties, aunties nursing their, their ne- nieces and nephews, that should be, that's biologically. Cause my milk doesn't come in for like three or four days. And my babies are always like out of their minds, berserk.
1: And but supposing there was another mother nearby who,
0: it's supposed to be Auntie, isn't it? <laughs> it's
1: supposed, it's supposed to, to, be. to be that way.
0: Yeah, that's but what I'm kind I was of at.
1: sad to think of how far away from the natural norms and rhythms that we have drifted, but yeah. we can never get away completely. And once you start your way back back to the to the right way, to the right place, you're going downstream. Getting away from the natural is going upstream. Going downstream takes much less time to get to Mm -hmm. where you started.
0: And we, but you say returning back to this this uh, natural flow, you could also use tools from this modern world to accent that you could have the best of both worlds, couldn't you? Sure. (laughs) Okay. So, um, this this technique. So, talk, tell me, like, how this physical. How you discovered that this physical placement affected so much the, the spiritual? Sure. How did I discover yeah. that? Well,
1: my teacher always said the uterus is a woman's center. If her uterus is out of place, everything in her life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually will be out of place, will be out of balance the uterus is a woman's center. If it is imbalanced, everything in her life will be imbalanced. I I just feel like we are unaware of the spiritual nature of our reproductive organ, the womb. Mm -hmm. And we have come so far from, from motherhood, so far from the divine feminine, that we think of it as a, I've heard doctors say all the time, it's no more than a hollow muscle organ. That affects me deeply. That makes me feel like crying when I hear somebody Mm. say that. that is so far, far off of the truth that it is the seat of divine creation. So how could divinity not look after that temple? It would, and it does, of course, But our job as natural practitioners is to remove obstacles to nature's balance, to remove the obstacles to the blessings of the divine creation that is placed within this organ. I mean, my goodness, human beings are created right there. Sometimes I think about what goes on in a uterus during pregnancy, and it is just mind-blowing it is it's when you really contemplate it we have a beautiful um, uterine meditation journey to the womb where we spend 45 minutes in a guided uh, meditation imagery taking a woman deeply deeply into the consciousness of her womb and connecting with that aspect of herself which is which is the divine aspect so Wow. I'm, I'm very, uh, very thrilled to have learned what I did from a spiritual healer, Don Elijo, who did the physical and the spiritual, and who always, always considered the spiritual effects of health and disease on a human being. Wow. Even though he never went to school, never learned to read or write, when he saw me with the pencil, <coughs> excuse me, taking notes, writing everything he said down diligently. He said, hmm, so they sent you to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah they sent me yeah. to a lot of school. And he said, hmm, you'll never learn. And I said, what do you mean? How could you say I'll never learn? He said, that stick and that paper that makes your mind weak. I never had a stick. I never had a piece of paper, but <laughs> up here, is full. Aqui está lleno. Up here uh-huh. is full, he said. So there's a lot more to this than the book learning aspect of it. And nowhere do you find, or maybe should you find, information on the divine feminine aspect of the womb. That's something, it's a journey within. It's a journey for each of us to discover on our own, but having the guide and having the concept of that perhaps the divine feminine actually is present within the female uterus. And our task is to protect her, to give her all of the necessary blood and drainage and lymph and nerve, give her all of the components of life that she requires to function at a maximum level.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. One more question. And then I want to talk about how people get involved in what you're doing. Um, but how do physical things that we use like birth control or menstrual cups, or how do those affect the place? How do those affect the system? Okay. She's making a face. Maybe you want to switch over. to the No, I'm just dinner. wondering which
1: one we should address. Oh, first. do them all. <laughs> um, <laughs> menstrual cups. What do they do? Um, I, I think that if they fit well, it's, you know, I don't have any issue with a menstrual cup. If they fit well, if they don't fit well, they could really irritate the vaginal wall. And of course there's even a possibility that, that they could fall out, but if they fit well, I I don't think they
0: they wouldn't throw off the positioning. It's not that it's not like it would throw off the, no,
1: no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so, because it's not anywhere near the body of the uterus. The body of the uterus would be, the menstrual cup would be here. The body of the uterus would be about there. So it's pretty far away. If it's too tight, it can affect the blood flow from those, from those side arteries into the whole body of the, the vagina, mm. the cervix, and the uterus. That's why I say the fit. Is it. Important.
0: But it won't mess up. That was my question. It's because it's a physical thing that you're putting into the system instead of just having a pad that that you're dripping onto. <laughs> you're
1: yeah, I mean, I understand thing. a woman's desire to have uh, a menstrual cup. Uh, I think the uh, menstrual pad is is a better way to do it. But I don't think I mean, well, maybe somebody has an opinion and they could enlighten me. But I do not think that it has a harmful effect. I think awesome. that um, the birth control pill, um, messing with our hormonal balance and creating an um, artificial state of pregnancy for years, that's why you don't get pregnant on the birth control pill because your body actually thinks you're pregnant all the time. Mm. And uh, that is bad for the, um, for the physical system, the emotional system, and the spiritual system as well. But I took the birth control pill myself for 20 years. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to have sexual freedom without the fear of getting pregnant. But if I were to do it again, and if all things were possible, (laughs) when my mother used to say, if horses had wings and pigs could fly, if you could take it for three months, stop for two, excuse me, allow your body time for some normalization process. But um, I just feel if you're going to take it, take it for a year, stop for three months and try to be celibate or do other things that don't create pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Get creative is what I always (laughs) tell my own clients. You don't always have to have penetration and internal ejaculation, get creative and discover Ah. other ways to achieve the same beneficial and good results of a good orgasm. But uh, yeah, that would be my, that would be my advice. Take it for a year, get off of it for three months, and then do that as a, as a cyclical experience, so that your body has time to rid itself of those hormonal chemicals and try to get at least some, some balance for that period of three months. And then the IUDs
0: that are actually a physical insertion?
1: Yeah, IUD, uh, that, no, that I I don't think is a good thing. Yet, I understand the need for it. But if you want to know what effect is it having on you, it is creating chronic uterine inflammation, chronic inflammation of the uterine wall. Like if you think about what inflammation is, like maybe um, if you fell and you got a really bad twist and you bruised yourself. It's so sore, you can hardly touch it, right? It's swelling, it's red, it's swollen, it's stiff. That's what inflammation is. So the uh, uterine lining could not be happy if it is in a constant state of inflammation. That's one Contraindication that we have to doing the uh, external uterine uh, correction is the IUD. The other thing that happens is the IUD makes the uh, uterus itself what's called friable, which means it kind of softens the tissues from so much inflammation. Like you had a sore that never healed for for 10 years. Ah. And all around the tissue is sore and tender. Oh so I, I'm opposed to doing the, uh, the uh, abdominal massage for the uterus if the woman has an IUD, and we prefer to ask her to remove it if she wants to get, get a uterine, uh, get an abdominal uh, therapy treatment. Um, yeah.
0: Interesting. My goodness. We could talk and we haven't even talked about postpartum and, and all know, there's it. so much to this talk about. So fascinating. I mean, my friend spoke about this, this, this therapy with almost a reverence. And now I get a better yeah. picture as to how powerful it is. So now tell us <laughs> if you're a mom and want this, this done, how do you find this, th- these therapists? And also, if you want to become a practitioner, how do you go about doing this?
1: Very easy. Uh, Go to our website, AbdominalTherapyCollective.com. And so look at the website. And if you want to send us a message about the question about classes, the classes that are coming up are listed. We're just getting back on track again uh, because of the recent events. But classes are beginning to happen all over the world right now. So it's AbdominalTherapyCollective.com send us a message at hello at AbdominalTherapyCollective.com. And then all the information there, my website is RositaArvigo.com. I also do uh, classes on uh, Maya spiritual healing, the abdominal therapy, uh, pregnancy massage. But the, our pregnancy massage is not that that you just feel good. Our pregnancy massage is is to to see that the uterus is in a position within the pelvis where it has a maximum arterial blood supply that brings the life force, that the chi is flowing properly, the nerve supply from the back is flowing Mm. sufficiently, and that the lymph and the venous drainage is flowing out to prevent congestion.
0: Wow. Okay. And Tell me, last question, tell me, what do you see your legacy as into the future? I and mean, as this grows all over the world, what, do, what would you like to see happen?
1: In I think it's the healing of women and how many babies have been born to women who were unable to conceive. That, I find, is a very uh, moving concept to contemplate. I believe by now there are thousands Thousands of babies have been conceived and brought to earth because of abdominal therapy. I also think that our uh, spiritual healing classes is a legacy that I hope will stay for many generations to come so that when we have a, a recent fright or grief or we live with anger that never goes away, that there is a way to resolve this with prayer herbal bathing, burning of incense, love, and faith. So that's what I learned from my teacher, Don Eligio Ponte, And that's what I like sharing with the world for a better world for all. Wow. Thank you so much. My pleasure.
0: Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.